Record-breaking cold temperatures right across Western Canada, wreaking havoc in all sorts of ways. We've been hearing about burst pipes. That's causing a huge problem right now. And of course, we've got these demands on our heating infrastructure. We know that BC Hydro has reported a record high amount of electricity usage, particularly on Friday. But BC Hydro also says that it did not require any imports from the electricity market. Not only that, Hydro says it was able to provide power to Alberta as that province's grid system had two emergency alerts on the weekend asking people to limit their consumption. But this weather-related kind of stress on the system has definitely brought up the question, how are we going to manage in the future with our push to further electrify everything if we can't always manage now, you know, in a cold snap or a heat dome, for instance. And we want all these electric vehicles, and yet they don't perform their best either when it comes to charging in this cold weather. We'll talk more about that later on the show. But right now, Josie Osborne is BC's Minister of Energy, Mines and Low Carbon Innovation and joins us to talk more about this issue. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Sammy. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, we wanted to talk about energy policy here. Did you see anything to be concerned about with this cold snap right now? Well, the cold snap obviously brings a a lot of risk to people and to communities, and we saw that uh, throughout British Columbia. But what is just amazing to see is how resilient our energy system is and the exceptional planning that BC Hydro undertook. So we were able to not only meet our needs over this cold snap during the weekend, but we also were able to deliver some clean and, and affordable, reliable hydroelectricity to our neighbors at a time when they needed it most. Okay, but we know that's not always the case. Last year, BC Hydro had to import power too. So what was so different about this time versus other situations? Well, importing and exporting power is common. It happens uh, every day, every month, every year for BC Hydro. And uh, in fact, over the last five years, BC Hydro has been a a net exporter of electricity. So this is a way we can work with our partners in Alberta or down into California, for example. And during the day, we can import Uh, solar energy that's being generated in California, but then of course the sun isn't shining at night and they need some energy. So we have this very firm power that's stored in our reservoirs and we're able to export that energy. The fact that BC Hydro can do that means that it helps us keep the rates affordable for people exporting power that way. The last year though, it's an absolutely unprecedented event with the, the level of drought we've experienced. And we have experienced drought before. BC Hydro plans for this and has a number of ways that they address it. But this past year, of course, we were a net importer of electricity to help manage that and balance the load throughout BC. Okay, so given that, can this province handle being further electrified if that's going to put more of a strain on the system? Yes, we certainly can. And in fact, that's a a central tenet to BC Hydro's planning. So using integrated resource planning, they look at the different scenarios for electrification in the coming years. And we know For example, we're going to see increased electrification across the economy. And it's not just transportation with people switching to electric vehicles or with heating like uh, heat pumps that people use in their homes. But we're also going to see new industrial uses of electricity like new mines or electrifying our ports. So with demand that's anticipated to increase between now and 2030, there's a number of things that are already well underway. And of course, most people are familiar with Site C, for example. And when that's up and running in the next couple of years, it's going to add enough power for 450,000 homes or 1.7 million vehicles. There's a call for power coming in just a few months that we'll see even more power coming into our grids in 2028, 2029. And of course, that's expected to be just the first in a series of calls. 
as BC Hydro requires more power to electrify the economy and meet those climate goals that we all have. Let's talk about diversification here, too. We were speaking with Vaughn Palmer this morning. He was telling us about a a natural gas pipeline upgrade that was turned down in the Okanagan, even though they need the power within the next couple of years. Why aren't we making sure that we have capacity and diversification? Well, we, we are, and we know that we need to ensure that we've got reliable and affordable energy, and it's there to power homes and businesses. And I think the cold snap we just experienced really underscores that. There are many different ways of doing this. And so especially while technology is evolving very rapidly in this space and homes are becoming more energy efficient, so the proposal uh, put forward by Fortis, for example, for a new pipeline was just one of those. And uh, they'll be working to come back to the BC Utilities Commission and look at some other options. But we're going to continue working with electric and gas utilities on how we best use the different energy systems that we have to provide this affordable and clean power for people. The call for power, the competitive call for power that's coming this spring We expect to see solar, uh, wind, utility-scale batteries. These are all important components of an energy system that can continue to deliver that really reliable and affordable energy that British Columbians need. Okay, so you're saying that Fortis will be coming back with a different proposal that perhaps will be looked at differently? Yeah, that's right. Fortis has, uh, the BCUC has actually directed Fortis to develop some additional short-term mitigation solutions and they'll file, a, they can file a revised proposal uh, by uh, July 31st. So we'll see more about that. Okay. So the plan that you were referencing there, is there something bigger coming to talk about diversification in the province? Well, the diversification, we already have quite a diversified energy system that way with, with gas grid we have with the clean electricity that we have but of course our focus really is on decarbonization and we want to lessen our dependency on fossil fuels and uh, lower our greenhouse gas emissions electrical um, power also offers the ability to be more efficient so when people make the switch to heat pumps in their homes they are drawing less during peak times that helps all british columbians um, when we manage the load like we've seen in this past weekend for example And that switch to heat pumps, of course, makes um, sense for folks who are looking for cooling in the summer as well and and, uh, often can result in lower energy bills for people. So we'll continue to see renewables like solar, wind, utility-scale batteries, hydroelectric, run of river, and then, of course, that uh, being able to integrate all of that and um, meet those climate goals is everybody's um, hope. Now, when people see what is happening in Alberta, and we talked a lot about that over the weekend, what we want to know is, could that happen here? It's important to understand some big differences between BC and Alberta. And first of all, we have this large hydroelectric system that really has the backbone of our energy system. So that makes us very resilient and able to integrate intermittent and renewable sources like wind and solar into the grid more easily. So we can take advantage when the wind is blowing or when the sun is shining, but then at nighttime or when it's not windy, we've got this big hydroelectric system that backs us up. And that's effectively like a big battery. And it's firm and reliable power. So you combine that with the way that we trade energy and import and export at the right times, and British Columbians can continue to depend on the reliable electricity that we see from BC Hydro. Okay, so were you concerned when you saw what was happening in Alberta? Well, I'm definitely concerned for Albertans. I think uh, it's important for all Canadians, in fact, people around the world, to be able to have the energy that they need to heat their homes and to cook food and to uh, undertake life as we know it. 
And uh, so knowing that we were able to help Alberta is a, a really positive thing. And I think it's something that all British Columbians should be very proud of. Right. But our system, what you're saying is our system is different from theirs. Our system is different from theirs because, of course, we've got the the rivers and the big dams that Alberta just doesn't have. And so we're able to uh, depend on those big water batteries effectively um, to run the backbone of our system. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning. You're so welcome, Simi. Have a good day. That's Josie Osborne, BC's Minister of Energy, Mines and Low Carbon Innovation. Obviously, energy policy, a big topic today, given what we've seen with this cold snap and the impact it's having. Over the weekend in Alberta, they had not one, but two emergency alerts that went out to the public asking them to lower their energy consumption immediately because of the strain on the system uh, to prevent them having to put limits or potentially like a rolling blackout essentially uh, because of the strain on their grid. BC, BC Hydro in particular, was able to send power to Alberta to assist as Saskatchewan did as well. And so there are obviously a lot of questions like, are we going to be able to manage our own electricity uh, if there are strains on our system and what are we going to do in times like that?